Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I feel like this woman has been on the show because, as I mentioned, Urban View is, to me, one whole show. So when she's on with Clay or filling in, I listen when she fills in for Clay. I feel like Roland Martin's show is also a part of the, the Urban View experience. I don't know why. I just feel like there's like one continuous Dr. Carr, Roland, Urban View experience. But this is her first time on the show. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's welcome to the show, founder of Black Women Views. She's also filling in for all of the people. Reese Colbert, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hey, Karen. Hey, Karen Rebels. Uh, he will be filling in <laughs> Thursday. Good. All right. Drew's going to be hosting, filling in. Uh, he's Working on some manager. fire some fire for, for Thursday. You know, like the bar is always so high, you know, <laughs> trying to make it work. Yeah, of course. Of course. People deserve the best. And that's why, you know, I don't, we don't do a lot, whole lot of best of. We got to make sure y'all get freshness. Uh, let me welcome to the show, Crisis Manager, LinkedIn Zone, Drew McCaskill. Hey, y'all. Hey, Reese. Hey. <laughs> what, can I, what the hell are you wearing? What, what are these dragons? What, what is, what kind of shirt? What is this? What are we it's looking at? A, it's, a shirt. it's got like dragons. Do the dragons come off? Are they part of the shirt? No, it's like a lumberjack shirt with dragons on it. That are yeah, they're embroidered on the shirt. They're just on there. I, I don't know. I just pick up what's clean off the floor and put it on. <laughs> All right. I ain't mad. No, you're fashionable. So I, I, I'm thinking that's like a thousand dollar shirt or something. So Reese, Reese, um, first of all, you have the most adorable child. I think Thank one of the you. most adorable children I've ever seen. And uh, when you post about her, you know, her smile, her learning how to stand and all of her d- giggles. And I mean, it's just, it just, it's like the, the timeline cleanser we cleanser we all need on Twitter. Yeah. Um, is this your first child? Yes. My first and my only girl. Okay. okay. All right. Ava. I call her boss baby ABC for social media. Cause you know, I can't have everybody be like, Ava, Ava, Ava. But yes, she just sparks so much joy. I love her. I, and she I offsets lo- all my cussing videos too. So it was like, I give you a little bit of range cussing and I give you, you know, baby giggles. So. That's balance. That's the balance. Yeah. And, and then there'll be some karaoke uh, in the Tesla, which is a yeah. moderate flex. And then, um, <laughs> you know, and then the karaoke. So you're, you're following you is fun. It's a lot of fun. How did Thank you get you. into this space and what, like, what's your day job? Actually, my day job is I'm a financial manager. So completely not in the spectrum of politics, but it, it, before anybody stones me, you know, I do um, project management. So, you know, I do, I don't want to give too much information to child because yeah, those yeah, are yeah. my ass trying to get me fired. But I mean, it's all about project management. So we put stuff out there. That's really great. So that's what I do. Okay. So, do but you in know- terms of. Huh? Go ahead. No, go. Tell me. No, no. But in terms of just this space that I'm in with like black women, I've been corrected so many times. Oh, you say woman instead of women. So I'm trying to practice my black women views. <laughs> <laughs> but I got into that space just because like I was tired of black women always having to make a choice. It's like if you're smart, then you're only on this side of things and the things you like. And then if you are fun, then you're over here. If you wear your hair like this, if you wear your hair like that, they're always trying to pigeonhole us and, 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 and not allow us to have the range that we all have. And so I just wanted something where you can have politics and like Real Housewives of Atlanta all in one place, you know, and we could just talk about shit and, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun and light and 
sometimes we cussing people out. Okay, we do we do all of that. Yeah, because sometimes folks need to be cussed out though. So I love it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> a lot of people out of pocket right now. A lot of people. Which is what you know. But aren't we all like talking to Davine uh, Joy Randolph, who's from Philly, Hershey, PA, Hood, mm-hmm. Yale Masters, Temple. Gra- yeah. You know, it's like. Are we all the things, and, and isn't that part of the black super super power that we get to be? Isn't that what people are jealous of, that we get to be ourselves? And that's why they can't leave us alone, because they don't yeah. understand how we can have all of this joy and talent and, and be smart and uh, all of the things. Please speak on it. And, you know, I always say, and it's not, I can't take credit for it, but black joy is an act of resistance, right? I mean, we're not supposed to be joyful. We're not supposed to love ourselves and we're not supposed to have range. We're always supposed to be trying to prove our worth to people. And I'm like, hell no, I don't have to prove a damn thing to you. If you like it, cool. If you don't, you can get to step in. And I want other people to just feel that energy when they're around me. And when they're, you know, interacting with me on my page, they understand like, this is unapologetic over here. We ain't got nothing to prove over here. You know what I'm saying? We need a lot more of that. And yeah, like you mentioned, Davon, I love her on Only Murders in the Building. All I right, wait, pause. Dolomite. I can't get past. I, first of all, ugh, Steve, I just don't like the guys and the girl. And I'm like, ugh, they annoy what? the F out of me. It don't make any sense. They like trying to find murders. I'm like, I, don't, I couldn't get to I didn't even know she was on the show because I started watching. I was like, mm, not for me. First couple of minutes, I can't do it. So you didn't even get past the first couple of minutes? I didn't because I was like, I don't like nobody. It, fe- it felt like succession this season where I like I hate everybody and I can't keep oh. watching because I hate everybody. I don't like anybody. It's bad. I don't know. <laughs> Drew, you Karen, like I felt the same way when I, when I watched the first, like, the first episode of Harlem. And then it was on, and I was like, "Mm, the narration is whack. I don't believe that she's a professor. I don't believe it. Like, she's an anthropologist, and this is what she doing. But then, but let me say, I'm telling you, like, episode two was on, and I was doing and I was doing some other stuff in the house. And I was like, wait, what'd she just say? And then, so I literally found myself walking back into the room over and over to to watch the show. I saw, I did the whole series in three days because mm-hmm. it got that good. And I so I'm just gonna say, okay, all right, all right. I, I'm I'm willing to. I'm I'm somebody. I'm I don't quit really. So if you tell me there's a good reason, but here's what I didn't like. So I like Run the World because I love Run the World. Run the World's in Harlem, and mm-hmm. it. I feel like there's a formula right now. Every single show, you got to have a gay character. You got to have a hood character. You got to have, like, if there's an ensemble, they got to have everything for everybody. And I'm like, why? I grew up not ever seeing myself. We can just have have what you want and then, like, have what you want. And then everybody can have what they want. And we don't need to have something for everybody. So that's why I, like, run the world. Because even in Harlem, I'm like, you got this character, that character. There's the, you know, the gay scene, the this, the people kissing. And even even power. I'm like, come on. Like, every <laughs> single show, it's the smorgasbord of d- d- that's how they're doing diversity now. I don't know. Well, I bring mean, it on. I want to see it all. I want to see the dudes kissing. I want to see the girls kissing. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the poor people. I want to see the rich people. I want to see it all. 
I want, I love it. They are definitely casting and writing for character for viewers like me, because I want to see the full spectrum of blackness on display. And I would like to see a I would like to see a little bit of black people not having to uh have trauma in, yeah. in return. Okay. All right. Like, fine. Fine. I, I love also, the fact that the trauma porn is kind of gone. Yeah. What? Okay. I, but you you also a little nasty. Like so <laughs> I am very nasty, but yes. that is completely different. I mean that's in addition to Okay. You know, okay. some people cuss Brain. people out and be super, I'm all the things I am and nasty. So yes. Nasty. But can um, I say though, Harlem is not a knockoff of Run the World. Yes, there are some similarities, but I think Harlem stands on its own two feet. I, Drew, okay, come on now. I, I, listen, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Run the World. I love Run the World. And I was like, Harlem just like, like a lot, looks like a knockoff. But I feel like the stories were different enough that it stood on its own two feet without it just being like, oh, I could have just went back and watched Won the Road for this. But I will say, Karen, what I hate is this Black people one-on-one shows. Like, you know, the show is being narrated for a white audience. Like, oh, this is Black people and we celebrate Juneteenth. And like, this is Black people and this is the Black people tradition. Like, I hate that. Like, (laughs) our kind of people is doing that. Uh, Who else has did that? Uh, Wonder Years, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, I'll watch it. But I'm like, can we just have a show where we're the only ones in on it and we're not narrating our experiences for a white audience? Like, that's what I'm over. Okay. I I love that Run the World and Harlem both are like that because you can tell that they are. It's like when you used to watch like something from uh, from Mara Brock uh, uh, Akil or whatever, Mm -hmm. like you knew that she was writing this for black people If white people happened upon it. Yeah. But you could tell, like, the stuff that she was writing, she was writing stuff that was Black people are going to watch this and going to mm-hmm. see it and be like, okay, you know, I know I know what it's like when you go to the flea market and they selling books, they selling perfume, and they selling <laughs> outfits, right? Like, right. I know what that is. Yeah, absolutely. I love mm-hmm. that. We're talking with Drew McCaskill. He's here. Reese Colbert is here as well. Black Women Views. Uh, <laughs> you can follow her at Reese R-E-E-C-I-E, Colbert. C-O-L-B-E-R-T. Did you take your husband's last name? I did, yes. Okay. You know, there was a, I was watching uh, the, the reunion of uh, Love and Marriage, Huntsville. Ugh. I didn't watch the season. I just watched the reunion, and the mm-hmm. reunion was horrible. Uh, hot mess. It was. But, but there was a, a fight over the last name taking one of the characters, and I was like, eh, whatever. Thoughts? I was really pissed by that because I'm like, so we're going to skip over him leaving his postpartum three weeks baby? Like, I mean... It's the last name. That's a, that's the headline here. And like, I was so disgusted. I'm like, I hope that's editing because that is horrific that he did that. And we're talking yeah. about basically victim blaming a woman who's left just after her baby. Like, those stitches ain't healed. You still got bloody pads. And here this fool is walking out talking about, oh, you ain't got my last name. Like, that was ridiculous. Was so, uh, you're from the South. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm making an assumption, a wild assumption, Reese. No? No, no, I'm not from the South. Where are you from? <laughs> so I was born in Boston and I was no, raised in LA. No way. Yes. South yes. Central? <laughs> it's got to be the South in there somewhere. South LA? No, where? no, no, no. Where this no country South. accent come from? Because you got a little country twang. You a little. You really? Little, yeah, you do. You do. I'm like stunned right now that you're not from the South, but I, I know the great migration. I thought you were going to say Baton Rouge, not Boston. She what? said Boston and then LA, Drew. Well, people say I sound like a Cali, like a Valley girl. So I'm confused. I've never heard people say I sound Southern before. That is so crazy. 
All right. I definitely at, thought you were from the on South. On Twitter, raise your hand if you thought Reese Colbert was from the South. Raise your hand because <laughs> I'm stunned. All right. You sat in the big seat, Roland Martin, last week. Uh, you hosted yes. for him, which he never does, by the way. Uh, he rarely will give up that seat. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. it out loud. Uh, you killed it. How Thank did you. it feel? Talk about it. It, it felt great. I, at first, I was wondering, like, okay, Roland, am I chopped liver? Are you going to ask me to do the show? Like, well, I've been on the show for almost, it's been two years now. December is two years. Uh, but I did. I was a last minute feeling, but I was like, I'll take it. And um, it was wonderful. Um, I got to add the maternal health topic, which is a huge deal to me. And then, of course, I had to bring on my girl, Erica Savage Wilson, who's a fan favorite, who suffered from this traumatic brain injury. And she's been doing some just really powerful speaking about that. So those are my contributions to the show. Then we had the Jesse Smollett verdict come in. and I was dragged. They dragged the hell out of me because I said, they didn't catch the joke. I was saying, you know, I'm going to stick beside him. He, and, and they didn't catch the <laughs> reference. <laughs> so, so they took that. Drew, you get it, though. You get I got it. I totally got it. Okay, but yeah. they did not get the reference at all. So they dragged me. But, you know, I don't care because if you don't acknowledge it, then it doesn't exist. So I didn't I didn't oh. go back and forth. I was like, whatever. It is was that fun. A, wait, was is, that, is, that, is that the way we should be? And I, I actually agree with you, Reese. See, no, I remember the first time I ever got on Twitter. First time, you know. I typed in my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. I was, my feelings were so hurt. I was like, what the hell? This is like yeah. years ago. Yeah. And I said no to self. It, don't do don't that. Don't do it. Don't do that. Yeah, because yeah, you get your feelings hurt. Um, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't name search. Um, now you can see what people quote to you. You can see what they say. I don't argue in the quote tweets. You can If you drag me, I'm like, okay, black, that's fine. And that's yeah. it. And then in the I get killed on Twitter. I mean, not on Twitter, on YouTube. On Twitter, I do okay. On Facebook, I do okay. But the YouTube crowd, they annihilate me every week. I don't care. I'm just like, whatever. You're still watching. So let me tell it's you, all good for me. YouTube is the most toxic place. And let me tell you, yeah. my YouTube space is like butterflies and puppies. Do you know why? Reese, for uh, uh, an entire year, for maybe two hours a day, I block people from my channel. Mm. block people yeah. from my channel because yeah. you know the algorithms and i'm just gonna give y'all some business the algorithms need that back and forth mm-hmm. fortunately i don't make my money on youtube if i made my right. money on youtube come on in and fight and have all of the toxic and stupid and the ignorant ass comments you want but you got one time to call somebody out their name you will be yeah. hidden yeah. from the channel because then you're really not about this life you don't want this content if you coming in coming in sideways calling people out their name out yeah. the door get out yeah so now I go in, comments are lovely. They're <laughs> lovely. It's wonderful. And I, I didn't know if it would work, but it has worked, you know. Um, yeah. So that, that you know, but I understand, you know, people make their money on YouTube, so you can't afford to do that. But, I, uh, you know, that's that, that's Well, I do. don't even have comments. Unless you yeah. catch me on a live, I'm like, I don't even care about your opinions. Because come on Twitter. And, and say it to my face. Because on, <laughs> on YouTube, it's anybody. It's all algorithm-based. Like you said, it's troll farm. So I'm like, if you got something to say, find me on Twitter, and we can have that conversation. Right. Now, when say did with, you, and say it with your chest. Period. Say it with everything. When when did you start <laughs> becoming, uh, let me see, how, how do we describe Reese Colbert's uh, form of communication? When did you become a verbal assassin peppering the expletives etc were you always like this Reese, or did the, did somebody try you and then it just like were you the kid that you were just like minding your business minding your business not bothering anybody and then 
boom. And then you were like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then the world saw it. And then they were like, okay, we're not worthy. Did that happen? No, I, I was, I was always the, if you bat it, I'm bat it. You know, if you're feeling froggy jump, you know what I'm saying? That's always been me. I always had a, I always had a, had a potty mouth, you know, I was cursing since I was probably had to be seven. I don't know. For as long as I can remember myself talking, I've been a curse. Now I don't talk, curse my, my mom or no, my parents and nothing like that. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Me... I heard your father on and I know where oh, you okay, get no, it no. from. You had your father my, on okay. when you were filling in for clay. And uh, yes. I was like, yeah, daddy Colbert. I don't know his last name but daddy Reese daddy uh cusses and that's where she got it that's what I, I, I my my mom has a terrible mouth too but i see i'll curse around my dad you know because we have you know black families you know <laughs> with the baggage we have so you know what i'm saying we have a different relationship than i have with my mom but i don't curse on my mom but if you call me in the second grade on the elementary school play yard then you probably <laughs> got cussed out of time or two so <laughs> i've always been a little bit uh you know off the chain but it, you know, to me, it's not a big deal. Like other people think of it as a thing. And for me, it's not a thing. It's just like, that's just how I talk. That's just how I, how I do things. All right. Let's talk politics. Uh, 866-801-8255. We got Clay Kane here. We got Reese Colbert. I feel like I got like a round table panel. Oh, oh my God. Did I call you Clay? I apologize. <laughs> and I see, I just, it's, it's like, I associate Clay with Reese. That's you see what I'm saying? I was telling her, yeah. you know, for me, it's it's like again, she felt like she's been on the show because she's, you know, that's Clay's, you know, back and forth. I I kind of not stole you from Clay, but I borrowed you, but you <laughs> like I feel like you're mine, you're my, you know, my so so and then for the audience, they get to hear these interactions all throughout, and it just feels like, you know, one continuous flow, but it's you know, it's all of that. Sorry, Drew. Yeah. You know, I know who you are. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When my it's it's so bad that when I go home, my family my family all listen to Urban View all the time. Like, not even I I prompted a few people, but like I just realized that they're all listening now, and like my family members will talk about Clay. When you like next time, tell Clay don't be mentioning your name if you're not on the show because next time I'm gonna call it. And I was like, wait, what now? Like my family will text me when Clay is talking smack about me <laughs> on the air. Like I'll get like boom, 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 boom. He on there talking about you right now. You should call in. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I, I, I like five things. I can't call in to Clay right now, but I'm gonna listen to it on the treadmill tonight. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so um, before we get to the politics, uh, people rung in. People are saying they thought you were from Mississippi, definitely from the South, but but. Uh, Keisha says she sounds just like a Cali girl to me. Coming from a Cali girl, I hear LA all day long. Thank uh, you, Keisha. Byron Patton says she sounds very Los Angeles. So, so it must be regional, like people who are from that area. Y'all all sound country. So, <laughs> y'all all sound country to me. All right. Um, I feel like 2022. We just had Ari Berman on, um, who has been fighting for voting rights as a journalist for the last decade. I've been watching him. I feel a little nervous about 2022, primarily mm -hmm. because all of this work that's being done right now, we won't see the results of it maybe for another three or four years. And by then it's going to be too late. People's lives are going to be improved vastly. Cities, whole mm -hmm. cities are going to be turned around, broadband yeah. for everybody. People are going to have jobs. They're going to be flourishing. Mm -hmm. And the Biden-Harris administration will be gone. 
and and the next person that's in will probably be Trump adjacent clan adjacent something like a Trump or if not Trump himself will get the credit probably because they're going to take the credit and all this will be for naught that's how I'm feeling anybody else feeling that way no one I'm feeling that way because I feel like the, the, the administration is just piss poor storytellers. I mean, we've been down this road before. We saw that um, that even black folks didn't at one point were thinking, what did Barack Obama do for black people? Right. Like that narrative was out there. This this administration is piss poor storytellers and you can't have bad decisions or unpopular decisions and poor storytelling. If there's anything that you could give the last administration, if you can even call it a real administration, was that they talked to their base and they gave their base the stuff that their base wanted all the time. And even if they couldn't get the stuff done for their base, they gave them all of the things that they were doing to try and get it for them, right? This administration has done a horrible job of communicating to the base. And when I say base, I'm beginning to wonder if they know who the hell their base is. I'm beginning to wonder if they actually remember who the hell got them there, right? Um, the whole thing with the, the the student loan thing that's going, the student loan um, um, moratorium, it, like these, uh, some of these are just unforced errors. Like Biden needs to cancel that debt, right? And he needs to get somebody on TV every single day talking about uh, talking about voting rights and have somebody on the Hill every single day talking about how do we get voting rights passed? Yeah, I mean, I think that I've always complained about democratic messaging. I think that it's so woefully inadequate. And my concern is the fact that they are relentlessly outgunned by disinformation and misinformation. And those messages are reaching our community at breakneck pace. I mean, if you look at the op-eds, they are just uh, brutal against the administration. If you look at social media, it's brutal against the administration. And the things that they have done, like the child tax credit, they're not getting credit for. I mean, I've never seen so many people shoulder shrug at 250, 500, you know, 600, $750 a month, free money, no strings attached. I mean, you have kids, that's the strings, but I've never seen so many people just kind of be like, eh, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, and, and this is not guaranteed if Build Back Better doesn't pass. So I think they have a long ways to go in terms of getting their messaging out. I think that they put a lot of content out but it's in the form of fact sheets. Nobody is going to your website and clicking on a three, four page dossier of all the thing, great things that are being done. Like you have to put it in bite-sized communications and you have to push it out to where people are already at. So people I had are a, not seeking it out. Sorry, I, I actually mentioned this on the air that they should hire you. Uh, there's like, a, you know, Drew, Drew comments. There's like, you know, there are people out there who figured out this TikTok, this how to cuss people out Mm -hmm. and deliver information you know and i feel like that when you talked about the media most of our media and we talk about op-ed pages because i sat on one are run by conservatives right yeah what zuckerberg's you know new york daily news you got new york post that's rupert murdoch Mm -hmm. you know my my former boss is an editor like like one of the big op-ed oh i shouldn't even say his name and i'm not going to but you 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 look at the 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 tastemakers and the thought leaders are driven by conservative yeah. and then no. even the talk radio, the, the, mm-hmm. the largest voices in talk radio after Russell Limbaugh died, you got Mark Levin and on Sirius XM, the largest, there are no ratings here, but the, yeah. the, the biggest audience is that Patriot channel. 
which is mm-hmm. why I go so hard to paint. I don't give a F. We're going to go hard in the paint. You got to have an alternative. But we're fighting against behemoths and pushing messages out. So yeah. it's the administration's fault, but not really because they haven't been doing it for 20 years. Since the Tea Party, they have figured out how to mm-hmm. grab local elections through local television. They own local TV, which is where most they of my mama... TV. My mama, your mama get their news and they, they trust you. We've been taught to trust the local news owned yeah. by Sinclair, owned by, you know, these these conservative outlets. They're pushing that message, which is why we are losing. And I'm, when I say we, I'm not talking Democrats because I don't get caught up in partisan politics. I'm talking about yeah. people, humanity. Right. We're losing. Right. Right. And I think Democrats have an additional challenge because it's a big tent party. And so even though Joe Biden did not run on canceling student debt of over $10,000, there's a big part of the party that's very vocal about cancel student debt. And so that is really damaging him. Like I, I try to say, well, he didn't run on it, but that's not a good enough answer. People want their damn debt canceled. So he has to come up with a plan to either do it or find a very persuasive, you know, alternative that will appease people because he's completely getting destroyed on the student loan, uh, student debt messaging. And Chuck Schumer, he's on that every day. Oh, okay, every today's day. a good day. Chuck Schumer, today's a good day to get rid of the filibuster. Today's a good day to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And today's a good day to do all this other stuff, the George Floyd Policing Act. But he has found a hook you know, for his constituency to go at it with the student debt. And then nobody else pays attention to the fact that he's really not doing a even remotely decent job as majority leader. Can he sit down somewhere? Um, like, and, I, and let's talk about that too. You know, I was talking with Dave Mine about diversity or representation. We have a lot of octogenarians in Congress and I'm not mm-hmm. age. I'm not an ageist. I love, I love my elders. But elders should be in a position of wisdom, uh, deliverance, and, you know, advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if an 86-year-old should be running for another term, six-year term, in, sen- in the Senate. Like, Ooh. I feel like what what is happening, like, and, and, and as a result now, we have this, this battle going on with the squad and this faction and that faction because there's no wisdom you know, there's no mentorship. There's no handing over the baton to groom the next generation of folk that are going to be out there fighting. So we have mm-hmm. these factions, and that's why I think we're also very fractured over yeah. here. And I think we have to blame ourselves, too. I mean, look at Diane Feinstein. She won Hello. re-election in her, like, 80. I don't know if she is she in her 80s yet, but anyway. She, she is in her 80s. She's firmly yeah. in her 80s. <laughs> And she just ran re-election. She won't say she's not going to run for re-election. And she ain't going to step aside. And she lost against a, a really progressive young Latino hold guy. On, hold, like, she's 88. Yeah, she's 88. She's deep in her 80s. That's like yeah. 90. That's like yeah. 90. <laughs> Come on. Like, girl, go sit down. But she won. So it's like, okay, you know, what can we do? If if they're like, and I, uh, Congressman Clyburn said today, he said, or yesterday, he said, I'm not saying tell anybody to die for me. If you want my seat, come and take it. And so it's like, you know, you know, <sighs> if, if, if they're winning, then how do you convince them to sit down when they're still winning? Okay. That's so the here's, problem. So, oh, so wait, hold on. 866-801-8255. Get people involved. We're talking with Reese Colbert is here. Drew McCaskill. Drew McCaskill is here as well. <laughs> I had to, had to make sure I was looking at you. Um, and Clyburn is 81. Reese, you say, all right, what do we do? They're winning. But I think there's, again, a couple of things happen at the same time. A lot of young people are disenfranchised because they feel like they're mm-hmm. not being heard. 
They feel like, you know, these people don't understand what's going on. How are we going to have a conversation about um, the Internet? And when these people are, are used to dial up, like they, they, they had phones with cords on it, but they're making these decisions about things mm-hmm. they know nothing, really nothing about. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, it's that I don't want to vote so they don't show up for these elections. And then they got, you know, the machine. They got the machine yeah. behind them. And it's, it's something to be, it's like being a vampire. You, you've been around long enough, you know where the bones are buried, you know all of the institutional th- things that you should know, you know how to win. Yeah. And every generation we may get an Obama popping up. So, which, you know, he defied all of the logic. Mm-hmm. So what's on the horizon? And do you both agree that 2022 um, is going to tell us a lot about this country that we live in? And then what do we do if we lose the House and the Senate? All right, I put a compound question out. Go ahead. I, I, Go yeah, for me, I, I'm, I'm scared for 2022. Um, I actually think that the Democrats have accomplished a lot, but you don't get rewarded for competency and politics. You get rewarded for personality. You get rewarded for tapping into people's emotional side. And I don't know if they have a compelling enough message to counteract CRT and, you know, quote unquote, the woke lash and all this other stuff like Republicans have the game figured out. And so the best we could hope for is that we get lucky in a couple of states and we hold on to the Senate. Maybe, you know, it's it's a better map for Democrats. The gerrymandering, I'm, I'm terrified by. I, I think that we are screwed in in terms of the House. So I'm not optimistic, but I'm really hoping that at least messaging and results could kind of give us, you know, a chance. But, but in terms of this country, this country is not serious. It's not serious about progress. It's not serious about actually changing anything for the better. It's just a big old fat gossip rag personality contest at this point. And it's, it's detrimental. And that's not even talking about white supremacy. That's a whole, that's the overarching problem, but it's also the unseriousness of our politics. That's the problem. Uh, Drew, when we come back, I want you to ring in on it. And I also want to, um, I feel like I predicted that it was going to be Biden and Harris. And I predicted that Biden should be like, I'm tired, handed over to Harris. But I'm not so sure if that's the move that's going to take us to the promised land. Reese Colbert. I don't know if Kamala Harris is the one, if the, she's the answer. Let's talk about that when we come back to I'm not feeling uh, all of the things and correct me like let me know where I'm wrong but I'm like I don't know about Kamala Harris I feel like uh, I had been talking about primarying Biden but then I realized that would be problematic uh, but I don't know if Kamala Harris is the answer before we uh, let uh, Reese unleash uh, Drew what, what are your thoughts on it it depends on which Kamala Harris we get if we get Kamala Harris that we saw Um, when she was running as a candidate herself, I think that we get a whole different experience with with the vice president, right? Like we wanna see the, America has not seen the Kamala Harris who ran for president as VP. I don't know, I don't know who decides that, but one, we we got the vice president, you know, in Latin America making, making speeches that I feel like don't get her or the current president reelected. We're not getting a chance to actually see the vice president. They're not leaning into that she's an incredible communicator, right? Why do we never hear her talk about anything that matters to Americans? She is, um, when we get a chance to see that personal side of her, when we get a chance to see the the independent thinker, the, the strong voice, the brilliance that is Kamala Harris, like, 
I've seen speeches that she gave when she was AG that are more dynamic and more engaging and more amazing than the things that she's been that she's been saying as VP. Like we need to actually see the VP or this whole thing. Part of part of what got Biden elected was the fact that he had this incredible, let's just be honest, young enough to take the reins and still have the gravitas to do it because the man is old, right? Like that we would have somebody there that was ready to lead when, when tapped. And then now she's tucked away. Like on top of all of the things that the administration is failing on to get to for us to actually see the vice president and get a chance to hear what she's doing. She's also dealing with a media that hates black women that consistently shows that they hate black women. Like there's there are articles in major news publications about how she redecorated her office to reflect San Francisco, right? Not about the work that she's actually done. The liberties that media and press take with black women in power things that would never happen to a white man in those in those roles. And it's not just in politics and government, it's in the business world. I can give you a whole list of black women who've had that experience is racism is so innovative. Like there's no innovation and no creativity in how this administration is coming up against the innovative racism that's up against her, the innovative misogyny that's up against her. It's sad because she's so much better than what we're okay. getting. All right. <laughs> okay, that was a lot. Um, I just, before I get into my uh, rebuttal, I will say, did you watch any of her? Um, she did the first ever maternal day of action at the White House. She spearheaded that. Drew, did you watch any of it? I didn't watch that. I didn't see it. Didn't know it happened. Okay. And I'm on the interwebs and the internets a lot. I watch a lot of cable news and I didn't know what was happening. I didn't see it. Yes. Okay. So I do think that there is um, a media problem that is really damaging vice president to your point. Um, there's so much misogyny and racism that is directed to her. I mean, I get the daily news arts because I like to keep, you know, I'm her defender in chief. Okay. Y'all know that's what you get with me. Yes. Uh, so I like to keep my ear to the ground because I do oppo research. You know, you can't just support somebody and only read the positive stuff. You have to know what people are saying, you know, to effectively defend her. And it's just relentlessly negative all the time. The op-ed pages are gross. And then that's regurgitated and picked up as though that's its own story. Um, and so she's completely outgunned on the op-ed pages. She's completely outgunned in the media in terms of the uh, trivial and just um, really nastiness that they have towards her. And so that's a huge negative that she's experiencing. President Biden is experiencing it to a lesser extent. But what I want to caution people against is viewing that as a deficiency on her part. I don't think it's, well, I, let me not say I don't think, it's not a deficiency on her part. What is it? What it is, it's a recognition that Republicans understand and even some left-leaning Democrats and people who want to launch their own campaigns recognize that historically speaking, the vice president is the heir apparent to the nomination. If uh, Biden had run in 2016, as opposed to waiting four years, it would have been a different story. It would have been a, a battle royale with him and, and you know Secretary Clinton. But the reason we're seeing this relentless attack against her is because since 2017, they've recognized her trajectory 
to the White House. Obama came out of nowhere. He did that great keynote speech in 2012. He didn't have these disinformation campaigns. Social media wasn't the same way back then. It was a more traditional path. Right. It was, I think it was 2004, 2008. Then, I'm sorry. You're right. And yeah, then he so won was... in 2008 and then he won in 2012. But I, I was at that convention uh, when Kerry yes. was running and I was like, this man's going to be president. I actually wrote an op-ed saying that, but so, but let, let me ask you this. Um, okay. She has 11.7 million followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fat bloated, um, bad breath, toad stool penis, uh, president that we had, uh, use his social media platforms on a regular to mm-hmm. to bolster all of the things he wanted to get out into the world and galvanize his people. Could she do that, or is she prevented from, uh, you know, using her platform to let us know every day, you know, and just tap in as a person? That stuff that Drew's yeah. talking about, that personality, that command, mm-hmm. all of that can be fomented through TikTok and on her Twitter feed yeah. every day you got 11 million yes. people and then they will magnify like Reese, like Reese mm-hmm. and others to get the message out you know and I, I agree with you i've said this since 2019 i've been consistent on this and this is not a criticism it's a suggestion i would like to see her do more black media and i would like her mm-hmm. to do it more consistently and um you know you're not going to change the tide in one day you're not going to win every news cycle so her team i don't know if they necessarily don't see that win right away and so they just kind of switch gay you know they feel like oh maybe this isn't worth the investment i'm not trying to put words i'm, I'm speculating in terms of you know there are these starts and stops when it comes to some of the engagement level with different areas she's constantly engaging with black organizations she's had the you know a group of very prominent black women activist organizations now twice at the White House. Um, She's engaged with organizations throughout the country, but there's a difference between engaging with organizations and being present and visible in the community. So she has a visibility problem, not through lack of activity. She's done over 300 public events, but it's still not visible because it's Bluetooth that's being covered instead of the maternal health day of action that she's done. Um, And so I would always encourage her to, you know, to be more visible personality wise. I know Kamala Harris as a person, you know, when I've talked to her, we don't talk about politics. We talk on a kiki kind of level. You know what I'm saying? Like she's called me when I was in the hospital and had my baby, you know, she's checked in with me throughout the, you know, throughout even being vice president and beforehand. So I've, I know her, I know her as a person. I know her as a human being. I know that she's down for us, like for real, for real. And I have the receipts to prove it, but What she is not yet, which breaks my heart sometimes, is she's not just ingrained in the Black community as one of us the way she should. And that's not a deficiency on her part. It's deliberate because we as a community have been targeted to be expressly against her. The number one way that she's been targeted is not through policy. It's not, oh, she she wasn't like this on Medicare for all or whatever. It's all about race, her identity. And then on the flip side, you have the misogyny part trying to, you know, um, point paint her as a bimbo Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so the reason why our community hasn't connected as much with her is because we aren't designed to with the way that we've been targeted. So part of it is we have to recognize hey, why do I have this like side eye? Why do I have this hostility? Why do I have this ambivalence towards this black woman who in the past, we all went for Obama and, you know, now everybody is, you know, now years later, now everybody's all super pro gung ho Obama. But back then that was our guy. Everybody was riding with him. 
but there you know, was that. But he also had the, the bona fides of Michelle, and yeah, and he didn't yes. go on Charlemagne talking about he smoked weed to Tupac. So there's just like these to me missteps on her part to be down, where she didn't have to do anything because you're AKA and you went to Howard. That should be enough. Uh, to to let you know, I could have gone to school anywhere. I went to an HBCU, kiss my ass, and I would like to see her do that on Twitter. Did you go to an yeah. HBCU? Shut your white mouth. That's it. Uh, let's go. That, that should be it. That should be it. I would like to see her clap back. I would like. I yes. mean, you know, I would like to see her clap back a little I, I, bit more. I, and I've said that. I've said that. I said, be a boss, bitch. You know, lean into it. Like they're gonna drag you one way or another. So like, lean into it. You're powerful. You have that power. Own it. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to humble you. They're trying to break you down. And so you can't, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta lean into that, it more. That nicey, but, nicey, nice that even Obama, in my opinion, that they're not going to respect you. They're not going to yeah. stop calling you a hoe. They're not going to stop calling you behind your back, the N word monkey, whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you might as well come out the way Reese comes out, like match <laughs> the energy. You don't got to even use ex- expletives, but you gotta, you can't let people, people say, Oh, Karen, that's beneath you. You can't respond to, I'm going to respond. You say something, yeah. you call me out my name. I'm going to block you, but I'm gonna let you know before I block you that you mm-hmm. are trash uh, or I'm gonna say it differently. Cause I, I, I play with words, but like, yeah, yeah no, you can't let that go unchecked. I agree. And we love we also- to see that too. Like, yeah. like her, I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. Was, was like through the roof. Like people were like, yes, like that's what we want. And it wasn't just black people saying, I wish that I would have had a I'm speaking moment in that meeting from last week or the other mm-hmm. one, you know, that piece of it. She, and she did it smooth as glass, right? Like that's what I think that we're missing seeing her personality now. Yeah. And I think that, that that's where, that that's where, She's not going to get that from from media actually writing op-eds about how amazing she is. I mean, the, the Noonan thing was just teeming with misogyny and racism. But and yeah, I think and I, about, I'm going to drag her some more on that. Please. Yeah. But like, I also feel like that we just need to see her. Mm-hmm. We just need to see her more. And I agree. I've said that. I said I did a live on her two weeks ago and and I did the whole like, you know, rebuttal to a bunch of stuff. But at the end, I said, you know, one thing I think would help her is for her to hang out more, just be seen in places, be out, just do you enjoy yourself, be a moment. You know what I'm saying? Give us fashion, give us things that people can connect to. And then that way there's more of a connection. Yeah. Be joyful, be badass. You know, you can do a lot of things. But I mean, I don't say anything to be clear as a criticism, because I think even if she does none of those things, she's still a, a far superior vice yeah. president <laughs> than any vice president right. we've had, period. She's still the most qualified person, period, because nobody else, you can talk about polling numbers, you can talk about, well, this is a negative op-ed. Nobody else is bringing 100 million votes to the table before she even got on the ballot as a vice president. She had 23 million votes from three or yeah, three statewide wins in California, plus being DA. She's made history at every turn. And so nobody has the credentials that she has. Nobody has the electoral history that she has. So even if she does nothing better, then we're there. But she can improve on connecting to people. And then we got a different ballgame. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.